welcome to the lion's den. When we go out into this world, we must understand that shit can get real. So we must be aware when we go out into the field. You're listening to the D Win Legacy Podcast, brought to you by D Souls Productions LLC, where we bring together life, culture, and communities. Here, where I'm from. And for those of us as black people who live in these metropolitan areas, see, my city is unique. Because it's not like these major cities like New York, Philadelphia, or California. See, in those cities, if you happen to go into different neighborhoods they have such a strong culture within their neighborhoods it would take you a minute to explore those different environments like we used to go up in New York you know we had the Spanish neighborhoods you had the black neighborhoods you had the Dominicans I mean, I remember the first time I went up to New York and I was visiting a friend of mine. He just opened a barbershop up there in Manhattan. He was right there in the middle of Manhattan. So, you know, I stepped outside, you know, just to get some fresh air and to breathe in some of the outdoor New York life. And he came out there and he said, yo, man, come on back inside, man. I can't have you standing out here by yourself. <laughs> I was like, well, how you say that? What's up with that? He said, nah, you just, just come on back inside, man. You know, he said he want me to wander off because he was telling me like off to my left, if I was happen to go right around a corner and he was on a black block, that that's where the Dominicans lived. And he said to me, yeah, if you wander off and go right around the corner from you, you know, where we're at, you know, you can get your balls cut off. <laughs> I was like, wow. So I took my ass back into the barbershop. But going back to what I'm talking about here where I live at, for us, we're, we're so small here where I live in Wilmington, Delaware, it's not like that situation where 
you know, he had like, you know, the, the, the Dominicans right around the corner from him. Our situation is more like, you know, you'll be in a, or you'll be on a nice block or in a nice neighborhood and no more than like a, a block away, you know, you would enter a whole new environment. And I guess, you know, that's the craziness about it because us being so small, I call Monte Delaware, it's just a, you know, it's just a big circle, <laughs> but in a small place. But the environment changes so rapidly. I heard a story just last week of uh, one of the attorneys that uh, I work for. He was telling me about how they had this meeting that they he had to attend. And he had a fellow attorney come into our city. Uh, I guess he had to come here for a couple days. And, you know, he was trying to enjoy the nightlife. One of the, you know, days he was here. And, you know, we kind of tell people, you know, when we come here that, you know, you don't, especially if you're in Center City, you don't want to, you know, wander off too far away, you know. So, you know, and normally people would ask, you know, when they come here, you know, like, where, where are good places to eat and, you know, where can I, you know, go to, you know, explore some nightlife if I want to go out at night. And they're just now starting to build up here in Center City, so you're you're pretty much okay if you just stay in the city limits. I still don't like the fact that, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we still, I consider, you know, shut down too early. I guess I'm just so used to the nightlife because when I used to explore, like in Philadelphia and New York, you know, I'm used to things being open real late at night. But even with the new nightlife, the new life, the new nightlife that we have here in Wilmington, Delaware, <laughs> they still shut down like, you know, 12, 1 o'clock a.m. And for me, that's still too early. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I digress. Going back to what I was talking about, you know, it's this, this attorney that happened to come in town here. And what happened was he, he wandered off and he went in a direction that he wasn't supposed to go. Which is pretty much, if you're facing north, uh, you definitely don't want to go east, and you don't want to go west too far, especially if you're walking, okay? So he wandered off east, right? <laughs> and... You can kind of feel like, you know, I've done this before myself, especially when you're in a new environment where you're like you're walking somewhere or even when you're driving and you kind of make that wrong turn. And like as soon as you hit that turn or as soon as you go down a certain block or area, you say to yourself, oh, shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he didn't even he didn't even feel that. Uh, I was told that uh, he even stopped at like one of our little convenience stores like in the hood 
and he came outside the store and he was eating a bag of chips and and it's you know of course it's a white guy he said a black older black woman walked up to him she said um she said are you not from around here are you he said no yeah you know just she was stopping in the store I kind of wound it off and she said um you better get your white ass from around here. <laughs> but the way the attorney told me the story, he said that the older lady said it to him in a nice way. She didn't say it in a mean way. She kind of let him know, like, you know, you and you in the wrong spot right now, you know? <laughs> and he, you know, he kind of got the point. He was like, and that, but see, he didn't, like I, like I was talking about, like, you know, somebody who's aware you get that oh shit moment, like as soon as you make that wrong turn or as soon as you go down that wrong block. But he didn't get his oh shit moment until that old lady told him that he was in the wrong environment. I've been working for my current employer it's over 17 years now. And I pretty much have been following this routine for quite some time now. And I think everybody kind of has this experience, especially living in an inner city. If you work in an inner city, there's always this issue when it comes to like something as simple as parking, you know. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole lot more difficult than other places. Like, I mentioned, you know, like somewhere like New York or Philly. But it's also kind of difficult here in Wilmington, Delaware. Because, you know, if you go like right in town, during like you know normal business hours I guess you want to call it from the 9 to 5 even though we're so small it's a fucking pain in the ass trying to find somewhere to park man but I found myself in this routine and you know everybody knows about you know the, the so called you know meter maids that come around they got all this new technology now where, you know, they scan your cars with these devices and all this crazy shit. And now they're, you know, riding around in cars with these scanners and shit. So it's really a hustle for them, man. <laughs> they making a lot of money off of people, you know, parking in places they ain't supposed to be parking in. And, and all I see all day, every day, is people getting boots put on their cars and shit. It's crazy, man. So, and considering everything that's going on from, you know, the parking and giving people tickets and 
the construction going on. Don't never let no city or state tell you that they ain't got no fucking money. <laughs> I was reading in the paper the other day how our our toll at our major bridge here, Wilmington, Delaware, the Delaware Memorial Bridge, said it was going up to like a dollar. I think it was like it was already four dollars. They're already going up to like, is it five dollars, something like that? And plus, they got the people with the fucking easy passes. Our cities and states better not ever <laughs> say or tell us they don't have enough fucking money. They're always making money. You know? But once again, I digress. Once again, going back to the matter at hand where I work and and so you know what sometimes I do park right here in town but even that shit gets expensive you know but considering the things that have been going on in inner city here going to Delaware and it doesn't matter where the fuck you are I mean proximity is proximity man when you put people around each other hey <laughs> shit happens you know but on nice days like today I don't mind you know taking a walk in the morning so what I'll do I'll park like, it's like maybe like one, two, three. It's like like four, five blocks away from my job. And then I'll, I'll walk to work in the morning. Now, I try not to do that too much in the winter months. Because it's not a problem in the morning. But it's when you leave at night. Because when you leave at night, you know, if I don't if I don't get off until, you know, 5 p.m., as we all know here on the East Coast, you know, it's it's dark outside, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh We have heard so many stories of how people that work in the you know center you know, in the inner city just going to their cars at night because they have all these different garages and parking areas. You know, people are getting robbed and, and mugged and shit, you know? <laughs> so, and I always keep myself on point at all times. I don't care where I'm at, where I'm going. You know, I always keep some weaponry on me, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so, if motherfucker try to come at me, he better have some some heat on him <laughs> you know I'm not gonna be stupid but shit if you ain't got no heat you're gonna have a situation fuck with me but uh yeah it was kind of crazy because just recently we're starting to see like shootings and very odd areas here in the city that I live in 
And I ain't gonna lie, it kind of made me think a little bit because the last shooting that I heard about, I know there's probably been others after that one, but right where I park at, a block away, someone lit up this Nissan Altima <laughs> right next to a technical college. And I was just thinking to myself, because it happened like right after work, you know what I mean? And it happened, it happened right on the very block in the corner that I walk on. And some people may say, hey, you're overthinking it. But I'm like, nah, I think about that shit, you know? So, it's just about being more vigilant. We out here in the field, man. And we can't kill ourselves. Shit is getting crazier and crazier out here. And just what I was talking about, uh, justification in that one episode that I did that was one of the decisions that we wanted to think about and that's you know moving out of the, the city man it's just it's mad crazy out here man so that's why I just try to make sure I'm just very aware of my environment and just keep things moving Back in the mix of things. Nero, what's up, family? What's going on, man? Good, good. How you been? Good. Yeah, I see you always hardly work, hard working, right? Okay. Keep it going, man. Uh, another thing that I'm always talking to people about. I hear a lot of people say, like, why do we act? the way that we do as black people here in the inner cities. And going back to what I talked about in the first segment, talking about proximity. And I think us as black people, we pretty much have got a bad rap when it comes to proximity because they make us look like, you know, we're the only ones out here who are doing harm to each other. But you know the crazy part about it is? There are all kinds of races and cultures of people who are doing the same thing. I mean, <laughs> this shit ain't got nothing to do with race, man. There's Chinese people, Italian people, Spanish people. It doesn't matter. The simple fact when people are around each other, and especially when you are dealing with poverty, <laughs> shit happens, man. Shit will go down, you know? And walking up on his brother now, he's got his shoes off and he's laying 
in the street. My man, you all right? Huh? Are you all right? Say again? I'm gonna help you out. Just stay right there, all right? Oh, all right. Stay, be cool, man, all right? I'll be right back, man. Yeah, this brother's laying in the street, man. He's using his... <laughs> he's using his shoes as a pillow. I mean, really? It's craziness, man. You know what's crazy? I just did this yesterday with my son. And I'm glad my son was with me. He saw it for himself. Hold on for a second. I gotta. I gotta do this, man. Here, my man. Would you get some something to eat, man? Get off the get off the street, okay? All right, man. Cause this is not safe right here. All right. All right, man. Be safe, all right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And Before I get back into proximity, let me talk about something for a second. See, when I'm walking around the city, right, and sometimes, you know, you run across some people um, that need help. And, you know, there are some people that are they're scam artists, you know, there are people that are drug addicts and stuff of that nature. Uh, you know, you can kind of fill those people out. But once in a while, you run across somebody who's actually really hurting, man. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm tearing up right now, man, because I hate seeing people like that. You know what I'm saying? And when I can, I try to help people out, you know? Because this poverty shit is real, man. And I've been out here myself, you know. That's that's what made me uh that's what made me get off my ass, man. You know, when I got kicked out of the house at 19 years old, when I kicked out of the house, my mom was pretty much like, look, you're a man now. And I'm sorry I even said that. I'm not gonna say that shit ever again. She didn't kick me out. My mom said to me, You're a man now. It's time for you to get out there on your own. And I mentioned this before, I was kind of lazy with it, kind of bullshitting. But my ass ended up, because I was fucking around, I ended up homeless, you know? So that was my wake-up call, to get up off my ass, man. But, uh, sorry about that. I didn't mean to get emotional about that, but I hate seeing people that way. Oh. I forgot to tell you about the situation with my, me and my son yesterday. And like I mentioned, I'm so glad my son witnessed that uh, in describing what I'm talking about. Uh, I was actually going to get him some uh, some gear for his basketball camp that he's actually starting you know, today. And uh, we was walking out of the parking lot of the store and this woman drove up with her grandmother in her car 
And, she, you know, she was like, sir, you know, I'm going to bother you. You know, I'm here with my grandma. You know, she's 88 years old. And, you know, we just trying to, you know, get like some extra money so that we can pay for our room for the night. And I was kind of on some like, okay, this lady sound like she, you know, she's scamming people or whatever. Or, you know, trying to hustle somebody. But like I mentioned... You know, sometimes you have it. You have a feeling in your gut that you know somebody really needs help. And I had money in my pocket, right? But I needed it for something. You know what I mean? Because I was taking care of some, you know, some business, you know, for my uh, my kids. So I told her, I said, Nah, I, I, the money I got in my pocket, love, you know, I need it for something. You know what I mean? So me and my son jumped in the car, and she pulled off. You know, I could feel the dis disappointment in her. But as she pulled off, you know, I was pulling out of the parking lot. She ended up, you know, like, you know, driving in front of me when she was taking off. And the way she looked and the way she was shaking her head, like, you know, she's you, you can just you can just tell by her expression and I can feel the energy coming off her that she was really in a bad situation. And she was just shaking her head like, damn, you know. I, I could just, I can probably hear the voices in her head like, you know, this, this is some fucked up shit, you know what I mean? So I drove away like probably a quarter of a mile away. But something in my gut was telling me, D, help that woman, you know what I mean? So I turned around and I went back. And uh, luckily I found her. And uh, I pulled up next to her, and she jumped out of the car, walked over to me, and, uh, you know, I gave her some of the money I had in my pocket, man. And she said, you know, she was like, sir, thank you. Uh, I'm just trying to make up for this money so that me and my grandmother can have some, you know, they were trying to get, I guess they were trying to get a room for the night. And her grandmother in the car with her, you know, she was like, my grandmother, she's 88, you know, she's not feeling too well, and... She said, I'm just tired. You know what I mean? She was like, I'm just tired, sir, you know? So I helped her out, man. And her grandmother just smiled and, and waved at me. So, yeah, like I mentioned, man, I just hate seeing people in that type of situation because I was once there myself, man. And we have to understand that it's, <laughs> it's fucked up out here in the field all right arriving here at work and uh doing our typical routine in the morning getting things started and uh, <laughs> the funny part is, is that, you know, like I mentioned, you know, all the 17 years I've, I worked here, I never had the feeling of making sure that I feel relieved <laughs> when I reach my destination going from point A to point B, like, you know, from my car to work and 
from work to my car. I was just thinking about that the other day, like, wow. It's uh, crazy how times have changed. I used to walk and ride my bike around the city like <laughs> it was nothing, you know? But it's crazy how things have drastically changed. And I pretty much experienced that. I experienced that for myself firsthand because, you know, I work every day and the lot of work that I do, I hear how people are falling on hard times when it comes to their finances and and this is part of life, man. Things happen. You know, even in a situation where people are managing their money, you never know what might happen to you, you know? But important, the important thing is is to always have an understanding. And this is one of the great things that my job has taught me. That you always have an opportunity. As long as God gives you the ability to breathe and you wake up in the morning. You give thanks for that. You give appreciation that you are given an opportunity to do better for yourself and your family. And I'm always going to make sure that I give thanks for that. So let's continue with our day. Get things knocked out. And it's during the summertime here, so... Well, summer's a couple of days away. Things really slow down around here, so it's it's quite quiet. <laughs> but uh, hey, I'm not complaining, man. It makes things a little easier as I take on my day. <sighs> I could only laugh. Here I am talking about having a sigh of relief getting from my car to work or from work to my car. And no more than an hour after being at work, we get an email saying that there's an active shooter in our or outside the building of our Dallas, Texas office. So I'll go online to look it up and it, Says the incident began about 8.50 a.m. at the 1100 Commerce Street. The suspected shooter and federal officers exchanged gunfire. Police said the suspected shooter also fired shots at the Earl Cabell Federal Building, the Dallas Morning News reported. Multiple witnesses told NBC5 they heard between 15 the 20 shots fired. <laughs> so, man, we're safe nowhere out in this field, man. Indoors, outdoors, it doesn't matter. 
And it says, though the man was taken into he was taken into custody, people were asking to avoid the downtown Dallas area, specifically near Jackson, Griffin, and Commerce Streets, as the bomb squad continues to investigate the man's vehicle. <laughs> Man. I mean, shit don't get no realer than this, people. This is why I'm starting this series, The Field. You know, we need to start talking about and relating to real life issues that all of us are dealing with. And we have to make ourselves very aware of the things that are happening around us. Welcome back to another episode of the D-Win Legacy Podcast. In today's episode, as you have already heard, and I call this one, The Field. We all live in some way where there is a potential for danger and where things may happen. But I remember a time when that wasn't something that was on the forefront of our minds in every, you know, in our everyday lives. Maybe it's because I'm older and more aware of my surroundings. But even through my own eyes, I wonder how do younger people here in 2018 see the world we are currently living in? Now, there is a certain level of fearfulness when you're young. And yes, this is something that we should carry with us through our entire lives. But it's only under the conditions when there is a solid structure and foundation in place. And I'm not just talking about in our households. This was an order that ruled the very neighborhoods we lived in. Even in very large metropolitan areas. The people in your immediate neighborhoods knew and had a familiar connection with the men, women, and children that lived there. Nowadays, letting your kids play outside without any supervision is a very huge no-no. I remember when I was 10 years old, I could roam around the entire city from east, west, north, and the south side, and I still made it home for dinner. But where do you live now? Just on a humble when moving around my city here in 2019, I see some very disturbing things. The black people and just people in general who are living either in poverty or like most of us 
who are one step down to being in poverty, you can see the nature of the beast that's being developed. All it's going to take is for a disaster or something major to happen. You can tell just by looking at people's faces and their body language here in our neighborhoods and our communities that we're not ready for any such event. Now, it's bad enough that we have, you know, this huge separation amongst each other within our own culture of people. But I saw something early this week that really made me think about how bad things really are. I was walking to my vehicle one day after work. I enjoy walking to my car, especially on my workout days, because it helps me to get loose before my workout. Anyway, I'm walking and I approach an intersection. It's 5 p.m. It's rush hour. And this is the time during the early evening where there's a lot of activity going on. It's a warm day. Everyone's getting off. There's traffic. You know, the normal shit that goes on in inner city. Well, I'm standing on the corner at this busy intersection. And you know how you make eye contact with the driver that pulls up to the stop sign. I was waiting across the street and this white lady in her nice Mercedes Benz, who was at the stop sign. We were looking at each other, waiting to see who will allow who to go first. I waved her to go ahead. I'm in no rush. I'm enjoying my walk. And as she went about her way, she went through the intersection. She shook her head in this great disgust and had this level of hate in her eyes after our brief interaction. Now I may be reaching a bit. Who knows? She may have had a bad day that day. I don't know. But I do see this a lot where I live, where there's, you know, there's rich white people who live nearby, you know, and you, you can actually see, you know, when they have to ride through our neighborhoods, they really be talking some shit when they have, you know, when they, when they see a person that is homeless or somebody strung out on drugs during their drive throughs. And just like any city here in the U.S., there are panhandlers. And I have to say, I get a real kick out of watching rich people in their fancy cars at the traffic light. And there's a person, you know, who's down on their luck, sitting there just, you know, waiting for that light to turn red so they can harass you while you're waiting for the light to change. Some of them have their, you know, their little signs describing their situation. And it's it's an awkward moment for anyone who has experienced this. But I love watching rich white people staring straight ahead and you can just see it in their eyes. They're like, please light, hurry up and change. <laughs> Me, myself, I have gotten used to the struggles I witnessed out here in the field. But I'm still guilty of acting like the very rich white people I just mentioned even though I have my own vehicle I would sometimes take the bus to work and you know going home and if you know if I didn't have to drop the kids off or pick them up for that day and when I got to the bus stop in the evenings after work 
there were some real characters out there. And it didn't feel safe, especially during the winter months when it gets dark at 5 p.m. here on the East Coast. I've had several situations where I stayed, you know, at work late and went out to the bus stop after rush hour. And this was a time when, you know, you would be out there pretty much by yourself. And I can't even count how many times I got a look from my own black people. You know that look. I'm about to rob this nigga. So as I mentioned, this is why, you know, I'm always ready for some close encounters with some motherfuckers out in this field. You know, any anyone who may want to indulge in trying to start some shit. But where I'm getting at is there's such a divide in class of people all over our cities everywhere. And there's a lot of people struggling to survive. And I've seen some people who look like they're barely alive. So with that, make sure you continue to live your life and continue to build. But be careful when you're out and about in this dangerous world that we all know of called the field. This is the D-Win Legacy Podcast. Take care and especially be safe. live around here? Yeah. yeah. You're from Delaware? Yeah. You live here pretty much all your lives? Yeah. How you doing? My name is Dion Wynn. I, I'm, I do like journalism here in the city. I just want to ask you guys an opinion. Do you guys feel like it's it's safe here in the general area in the city of Wilmington, Delaware? If you're from here. If you're from here? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, no. Oh, uh, you guys deal like deal with like daily struggles during the day, like yeah. trying to get things done and stuff of that nature? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you definitely have to know the area. You definitely have to know the area. Yeah. Find out where all the resources is, stuff of that nature. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was just wondering, because I've been asking people around the city, like, how do they feel, like, you know, as far as the general population here in Wilmington, Delaware, do they feel safe? You know, because I see all the changes that are happening here in the city. Right. And I mean, I they're trying, but, like, I used to work as a double tree over there, and uh-huh. we would advise guests, like, just Market Street, and that's it. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? So anything east or west or anything of that nature, you guys feel like it's really not safe right yeah, and then it's, it's closed really on the weekend so. it's closed on the weekend yeah. oh, okay all right you guys name again ron ron how you doing ron sarah sarah Dale. all right thanks for your time all right thank you bye-bye yeah just asking people in the general like how they feel 
the safety level is here in Wilmington, Delaware. And I've got a lot of mixed reviews. Uh, and I will say, it, it depends on the person that I'm talking to. You know, you will get a different answer from certain types of people, but I stopped this particular couple for a reason. Because what I usually see, and a lot of people may get angry with me in saying this, what I usually see, I see a lot of Caucasian people, and it's usually a Caucasian man and a Caucasian woman. And you can tell they pretty much, you know, they walk around all day and they're looking for resources to survive. And I had this discussion with someone about this and it, it got kind of heated because, you know, there are a lot of people who have the opinion that they feel like there's a certain level of loyalty more from Caucasian women, no matter what level their men are on. I mean, I see a lot of Caucasian white women following their men around here in the city. I don't know how it is in other uh, metropolitan areas, but <laughs> here in Wilmington, Delaware, I see a lot of Caucasian women walking around with their men, no matter what conditions they're in. They have a high level of loyalty. But we got into a heated debate because we talked about how, you know, we'll have black families where there's a man and a woman and children, and they'll have the basic necessities of food, clothing, and shelter, and medical care. But there'll still be stress and strife in our homes. Now, the, the couple I just talked to, yes, they're dealing with a level of stress in their lives, trying to maintain every day, maybe looking for somewhere to eat, somewhere to wash up, you know, somewhere to rest their head, you know, rest their head, their, their head for the night. But they're together <laughs> and they're making it work. And yes, you know, there are black people who also make it work too. Black, there are black couples that are in relationships and marriages. They make it work too. But we work more off of being content. And it's based off convenience. And no matter what, you know, we bring to the table as men trying to provide leadership in our homes. It seems to be <laughs> never enough. <laughs> Some crazy shit, man. It's funny how you'll see more loyalty out here in the streets with people who are doing worse than you. But when it comes to the loyalty between us as black men and women here in our households, it seems to be... <laughs> A task that we just can't seem to get a hold on. <laughs> wow. Talking more about proximity. I remember the Dead Press album. When it was said. How us as black people we complain about the police. 
But if we didn't have any police, we would kill each other. We would be out here killing each other. So having the police is important. And just like in any major movie that has to do with being in any big city, you notice how they always have that scene where you hear the ambulance, fire trucks, or the police sirens in the background. <laughs> you hear that in every major city. Why? Proximity. Yo, what up, fam? Hey, how you, how you doing, doing man? My name is D. Wynn. Um, I do some journalism around here in the general area. Uh -huh. You live here in Delaware before? I did. Uh, you live here most of your, most of your life? No, about 20 years. About 20 years? Okay. Um, I noticed all the changes that they did around here in Wilmington, Delaware. Mm -hmm. Do you feel um, that it's been safer here in Wilmington, Delaware since they made the changes here? I feel as though that they know where all the trouble spots is at. Uh -huh. Lock it down. Right. They'll have to get jobs because they can't make no money. Right, right. Lock it down. All right. You're not when you're not doing nothing. Sit there. Mm -hmm. They can't make no money. They can't do ain't they? They definitely not gonna shoot. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and neighborhoods would be safer because I know a lot of people that moved out Claymont, uh -huh. Newcastle, and Newark, and further down because mm -hmm. of their kids. They don't want their kids. Yeah. And that's recently, right? Because yes. all the violence that we've been experiencing yeah. in the city. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I talked to somebody earlier, and they was talking about how they would not want to go east or west of the center oh, yeah, city yeah, yeah. because they said it's like it's bad around here. You know my, what I mean? My family, as soon as you go down here in two blocks, uh -huh. you are in the hood. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Like and it's crazy how they 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 they're like building up here in the, in the center city, but a block away, uh, yeah, you can you can end up in some in some bullshit. You know what I yeah, mean? Quick, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Quick. Okay. If I didn't know them then it would be different. Yeah. But see, I know those guys, so right, they right, know, right. you know, but, and, and and then there's these young ones. They used to have summer jobs for them and all mm -hmm. of that. Cut all the Yeah, all the programs is out of here. Why yeah, would you yeah. do that? Right, right. They, they want them right. to go to jail. Yeah. They want them in Ferris or whatever the heck they call it. They want them there. Right, right. Yeah, this is oh, crazy, yeah. But it's not like that in the other communities. Right, They right. They get jobs, they everything. Show them that you at least care. Yeah, yeah. And this, this is the mayor. He building all of this up. He shut down the homeless center down here. Only yeah, he it seems like everything they're doing is for the rich. It's not for <laughs> See? you know people See? that's it's actually for, struggling out here. If you got yeah. money, right, you're you all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. if you don't, you're in the hood. Exactly, exactly. Your name, man? Rick. Dion, man. We appreciate, I appreciate it, man. I, I just no want to get some words out of you. Um, how you feel about that? I'm asking a lot of people around this city how they feel about the new changes that's happening around here because. It's yeah. only here, though. Right? Yeah. In, in, yeah. The, in the small area, that's it. Right. I don't even want to imagine how much it costs to rent one of them. And then I know a guy that works in there. He said, man, it's like a shoebox. I know, right? And <laughs> they probably charging out their ass for yeah. that place. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, come on. Right. All right, man. You take it easy. I appreciate okay. your time, nice right? Meeting nice meeting you, sir. Thank you. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, that's the brother who... Uh, he works right here in the city. And 
I mean, it's the same old story about, you know, from a lot of people that I'm talking to. It's the same old story. Right here in Center City, out here in this field that I'm talking about, they building everything up. And like we just talked about, hey, if you're rich, if you got money, well, you'll pretty much be okay. But as I talked about in my gentrification podcast, as soon as you get beyond the, you know, the redlining areas, which like, you know, for here in Wilmington, Delaware, right in the center of the city, it ain't that big. So you can walk a block or two away from center city and you can find yourself in some shit. <laughs> it's craziness, man. Well, this is what it's all about when you're out here in the field, man. Everyone knows, especially people out here in the field, shit gets real. You are listening to the D Win Legacy Podcast, available on Anchor. Dot FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Google Play Music, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Okay, that's another episode of the D-Win Legacy Podcast that's in the books and in the archives. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, take care and be safe. Peace.